0: Spiritually blind people need spiritually seeing people. Satan has blinded so many people in the world. If you know Christ as your Savior, you can see. They need you to help them. Would you open your Bible with me, please, to the book of Luke. Luke chapter number 16. Luke chapter number 16. And so I want to talk about hearing today. I hear I heard a cute story of uh, this old lady this is years and years ago and a popular way of hearing, I mean for people with hearing loss, they they would use these horns. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. They'd have a horn they'd hold up to their ear. And it was popular, oh, I don't know, a hundred years ago maybe. And she, she would hold this to her ear, and that's the only way she could hear anything. Her hearing was so bad. Well, she, she went to a, a new church this one Sunday. And the people of the church had never seen this kind of horn hearing device ever before. And standing at the back of the church were all of the the deacons. And they were very somber, very grave men. I think the whole church was kind of in the grave. But um, she walked in with this and she sat down and the deacons all mumbled to each other and the head deacon was elected and he went over and whispered to her and he said, "Madam." We're glad you're here, but one toot and you're out. So, maybe you didn't get that joke. They thought it was a horn. It, n- all right, never mind. <laughs> Stick to preaching. I liked it. Uh, normal hearing, they say, runs from twenty to 20,000 uh, hertz and sometimes people can hear sounds below that, and sometimes they can hear sounds above that, but that's kind of the general range that it falls in, and of course, as we get older, or if we have an accident, or if we get a lot of wax in our ears, we won't be able to hear quite that range. It'll shorten up, and that's when we think, oh, you know, maybe I should get my hearing tested, so we We make an appointment and we go get our our hearing tested and they put earphones on us and they play all of these different sounds and things and we're supposed to press buttons when we can hear them, when we think we can hear them and so on. And they do it a variety of different ways in order to get a a good average. And then when it's all over, then they sit down and they explain to you where where you're at. Um, losing, Losing one's hearing is... Is tragic uh, because not only does it um, mean you, you can't hear the doorbell or you can't hear the, uh, the tea kettle whistle at you or something, but losing your hearing cuts you off, it isolates you from conversations. You can be in a room of people and you won't be able to hear what they're saying and you'll feel very alone. Does that make sense? Hearing loss, boy, hearing is a wonderful thing. Seeing is a wonderful thing as well. Actually being able to do all the things that our body can do. It's wonderful. It's a gift of God. And we often take it for granted until one day we can't do those things anymore. And I think that's the design of God. I think the body was never designed to last forever, at least not in its current condition. It's sort of... uh, You know, Peter's out there. But hearing, hearing loss will start to put you in isolation. And the same is true spiritually. If spiritually you can't hear maybe what you used to hear, it will put you in isolation. And isolation also from the Lord. Today, I want to talk about upgrading your spiritual hearing. The Lord Jesus, when he was on earth, he said over and over, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus was talking about some kind of spiritual hearing. Many years ago, there was a man whom we know as Dr. Seuss. And he wrote a book way back in uh, the 50s, I think it was, I don't have the date written down. I think it was in the 50s. The name of the book was Horton Hears a Who. Now, do we have that picture? Put that up for us, would you please? There it is there. That's how the the book cover looked when it first came out and for a good number of years. They've done movie retakes on it and different things like that. But it's all about this lovable elephant named Horton. And Horton had these monster big ears, and he could hear things that other animals in the forest just couldn't hear. And one day, Horton hears someone making a noise. And anyhow, he locates it to a speck of dust. I think it's on the end of a flower, this speck of dust. And he picks it up with his trunk, and he looks at it, and he can hear the conversations of people on that speck of dust. They're the tiniest voices. From the tiniest people. Living in the tiniest town. Called Whoville. And it's on a speck of dust. Horton could hear them. He would tell the other animals. And they wouldn't believe him. They thought he was crazy. They thought that that, that speck of dust. Should be dissolved. Thrown away. No one could hear it. Well. By the end of the story, with Horton's help, all of the other animals were able to hear what was being said in Whoville on that speck of dust. And so I just say that as kind of a comparison, a little illustration, if you will, that uh, there are things being said that we may not be able to hear or that we may not be hearing And sometimes even people with the best, the best of hearing, the very best of hearing, they still can't hear certain things. The disciples, uh, with the exception of Judas, the disciples were all good, godly men. They loved the Lord Jesus and they followed him everywhere. And yet still the disciples were not able to hear certain things like the voices of men and women in eternity. They couldn't hear that. And it was the Lord Jesus that had to help them to hear what's being said on the other side of death. Death is a portal. And on the other side, what are those people talking about? Men and women who live on and on forever and ever. So today, our challenge is to upgrade our spiritual hearing so that we know what's going on and we know a little better how to live our lives. And so with that in mind, would you pray with me once more? And then we'll continue. Dear Heavenly Father, please help us to upgrade our spiritual hearing. Help us not to be isolated from uh, voices that are being spoken. Sometimes even the Holy Spirit of God wants to speak with our hearts. And we have spiritual hearing loss. Can't, can't make them out. We hear maybe a mumble, but that's it. Lord, help all of us to upgrade our spiritual hearing in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let me begin by saying this. Just because you can't see something doesn't mean that it's not real. There are plenty of things in this world, in life, that we cannot see with our eyes. They say seeing is believing. And I'd say that's true for much of the time, but there are things that we just can't see, and yet... We do believe in them. We we know that they're there. God plainly tells us that there are invisible things in this world. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 16, he wrote, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. Now, I'll give you an example of something you've never seen, and I don't know if you ever will see it, and it's gravity. None of us have ever seen gravity. It's some kind of invisible force that reaches up its hand and grabs hold of us by the foot and yanks us down. I mean, hooray for gravity. We have to have gravity, but none of us have ever seen it, yet we believe it. Belie- seeing is believing, well, not with gravity. Gravity. Electricity is a wonderful thing, isn't it? It powers our lights and our microphones and our Internet and things like that. And we've learned how to harness electricity to do some amazing things. But the actual electrical force no one's ever seen that. The most they've ever seen with a scanning electron microscope is they've seen the, the atoms kind of shake, but what causes them to shake? No one's ever, ever seen. The electrical force. And yet we believe in it. We do. Um, Radio waves. You get in your car and you turn on your radio. You can't see those radio waves. And yet they're very real, aren't they? They are invisible, but they're real. God is right. He said that he's created things that are invisible. There's a humorous story about a young Christian man who went to a, a secular a college. In fact, he was going to be a doctor, and so he went for the medicine. And so in his very first class, the very first semester, the wise old professor stood up, and he announced to all of the brand new medical uh, students there, and he said, Ladies and gentlemen, over the years, I have operated on dead bodies. Not hundreds, but thousands. I've cut them open from stem to stern. I've dissected more brains than you can possibly imagine. And I have never seen a soul. And therefore, I tell you this, there is no such thing as the soul. Young Christian man raised his hand said, Yes, young man. And the young fellow stood up and said, "Uh, Professor, if, if I were to operate on your brain... Would I find an idea? And of course the answer is no. Because ideas are invisible. You can't see them, yet they're real. Just because something is invisible doesn't mean it's not real. There are visible things. There are invisible things. The soul is an invisible thing. Let me tell you something. Did you know that the stars are shining today? The stars up in the sky are going to be shining all day long. But we can't see them. Their light right now is invisible to us. Because the overpowering rays of the sun have turned the atmosphere blue. Have blocked it all out. We can't see the twinkling rays of the stars. Yet wait till nighttime, The sun's gone to bed. And there's all the stars. Ah, they've come out. They've always been out. The stars are shining all the time, all around the world. It's just during the day they're invisible to us, but they're still there. They exist. Just because you can't see them doesn't mean they don't exist. And I'll tell you what life after death is real. It is real, it is real, it is real even though we can't see it with our eyes. And listen, by the way, please, after church, do not come to me and tell me of all of the YouTubes you've watched of some guy who died and went to hell or went to heaven and came back and wrote a book or told his story on YouTube. Don't bother telling me about that. I'm well aware of these men and women who are doing that. And please don't fall for their stories. Because God tells us it is appointed unto man once to die. God doesn't you know, yo-yo us in and out and in and out and in and out of life. That doesn't happen. Don't fall for those stories, folks. Believe what God has written. That's the truth. Don't believe what these people say that are making money on, on YouTubes and books and things like that. Human beings live on after death into eternity, beyond the physical limitations that you and I experience right now. They live, they think, they feel, they see, they hear, they express their thoughts and their feelings. They are real people out in eternity, just as real as when they were here in this world. They're real. Now, with your Bible open at Luke chapter 16, we have here a man who once walked the face of the earth. He once lived just like you and I are living now. He would sleep, he'd wake up, he'd have breakfast, he would live his life, quite likely. He was married, had children perhaps. I know that he had a lot of money. But here we find him in a new place. He's not on earth. He's in a place called hell. Now, the word hell literally means A concealed place. That's what the word literally means. A concealed place. And we know it as hell. And it is certainly concealed from our eyes and our ears. It's concealed. And I believe that God conceals it for a reason. And a little bit later, I'm going to give you what I think is the primary reason why it's concealed. I'm not going to tell you now. I'll tell you in a little bit. But hell came to be understood as the underworld, the place after death where the wicked are tormented for their their sins, tormented forever. Now the man in our story here in Luke chapter 16 lived what we might say a good life. He lived a good life according to what Jesus had to say here. He had plenty of money. He had plenty of family. He had plenty of friends. He had everything, I think, that this world had to offer him. It was his. He ate the best of foods. He wore the best of clothing. He enjoyed good health. He was no doubt well-loved and respected. But then one day he died, didn't he? One day he died, and all of a sudden, everything changed for this man. You say, well, how? In what ways did it change? Well, look, please, at verse number 23. It says, and in hell, he lift up his eyes. Whoa. So that tells you that people can still see in hell. Sure they can. They probably have 20-20 vision in hell. It says, and in hell, he lift up his eyes. Wow. How did he ever get to hell? Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. But it says here in verse 23, he lifted up his eyes in hell and being in torments, being in torments. Well, you say, what sort of torments? What kind of torments? Well, look at the next verse. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. That tells us a little bit about hell. It's a place of torment. It's a place of flaming heat. It's a place of thirst. See, here on earth, we look at the rich people of the world. Well, this man has a hundred million dollars. This man has a billion dollars. This man has a hundred billion dollars. And that's how we measure wealth. Well, in hell... If you had one glass of water, you'd be the richest person in hell. Everyone would beat a path to your door. I know we're, we're talking nonsense. I realize that. But in hell, they think, they feel, they see, they hear, they, they have desires. And this is what we want to point out. Thirst. Thirst. That was his desire. That was his one craving desire, was thirst. And he could never get that satisfied. Never. And that's one of the things about hell. People go to hell, they have all of their desires, not just thirst, but they have other desires as well. And they'll never be able to get those desires satisfied. Here on earth, you get your desires satisfied when you're thirsty, when you're hungry, when you're sleepy. When there are things you want to do, places you want to go, you can satisfy all of those desires. But in hell, you take all those desires with you, and they'll never, ever be satisfied. Can you imagine the poor drug addict who dies without Christ? The poor alcoholic who expires and gives up the ghost without Christ. They'll have all of their desires, all of their lusts, Their greeds, they'll take with them also their fears, their worries, their guilts. It'll all be part of them because they're people. What they had on earth and what they fed on earth and what they developed on earth, they're taken with them into eternity. And here this poor guy, his overpowering urge right here at this moment anyhow, was thirst. Now that wasn't his only desire. If you look at the verse 27 then he said I pray thee therefore father that would send him that's Lazarus to my father's house be back on earth for I have five brethren that he may testify unto them lest they come also come into this place of torment send Lazarus back from the dead send Lazarus back to my father's house to my five brothers and have Lazarus testify and these people will get right. They'll, they'll end up with you, Father Abraham. They won't end up here in hell. This man had a desire for his brothers, didn't he? He cared about his family. He must have been a family man. Some people aren't. Some people have brothers and sisters and hate them. And will always hate them. Will die hating them. They have no desires toward family or friends. Some people are, are real bad this way. And when they get to hell... They're not going to want anyone to go back and testify to their family and friends because they hate them. And they'll only wish those people they hate to be in hell with them. But here's a man that had some kind of love for his brothers. Go back, talk to my brothers. You know, there are people today that think, oh, what we need are more testimonies of men and women who die on the operating table and go to heaven and come back and tell us all about it. People who die and go to hell and come back and tell us all about it, and then we'll get right with God. Well, it doesn't work that way. And there are people out there scams, charlatans, liars, and those that are just duped, they don't know any better. And they're perpetrating this kind of philosophy. And what we need is the miraculous, the wild, you know, the people who can go to heaven and come back. And there's lots of people. There are plenty of them that are doing YouTubes and writing books and saying how they went to heaven and shook hands with all the apostles. There's one idiot who said he went to heaven and he met God and found that God had only a certain number of bones in his vertebrae. Oh, what kind of monkey would come up with some kind of, you know, thing like that? Well, they do it and they sell their books and they get hits on the YouTube and follow the money, folks. There's all kinds of nonsense being said. That's why we have the book. God gave us the book. The book is our basis of truth. You can take the Bible and you can hold it up and you can know if someone is telling you lies or telling you truth. Is that truth found in the scriptures? God has made a place called hell and it's concealed. He keeps it that way for at least one reason I'm going to tell you about in just a moment. And But here we have this desire of this man. He says, send Lazarus back because I got five dear brothers. I don't want him to come here to hell. And so what does Abraham answer? Uh, Let's take a look. Verse 29. Abraham says unto, unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. Moses and the prophets means essentially the entire Old Testament. They got the Bible. Abraham says, Those five brothers of yours, they have the Bible. Let them read the Bible. Now watch what the rich man or he's not rich anymore but watch what this man says verse 30 he says nay father abraham but if one went unto them from the dead they will repent so here the man is contradicting abraham and he's saying essentially saying my brothers don't read the bible but if some guy came back from the dead, I mean, that'll scare them and, and, you know, it'll be like Charles Dickens' story of a Christmas carol all over with Scrooge, you know, and all of those crazy guys and Scrooge got right at the end of the story. My brothers will get right. Not going to work that way. Not going to happen. Some, some people today think that with the big miraculous, people will see that and will get right with God. And I, I've, I've used this illustration before. I'll use it again. That there are people out there in the world today that say, oh yeah, well God, if God was real, okay, okay. If God was real, have him uh, pick up that, you know, vase of flowers and transport it through the air and set it down over here. If God is real, if your God is real, then have him pick up those flowers and float them through the air and set them there on the, on the other side of that That uh, platform there. Well, supposing God did that. Supposing God picked the flowers up, floated them through the air, and put them on the other side of the platform. Is God able to do that? Yes or no? Yes, he can do that. That's nothing for God. But supposing God did that, and your scoffing atheist friend is standing there watching... The first thing your atheist friend is going to say, it's a trick. That's the first thing he or she is going to say. They taunted Jesus on the cross. They, they said, ha, look at him. He saved others himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross and then we will believe him. Supposing Jesus had done that and popped those nails out and jumped down off the cross What would those religious leaders have said? The first thing out of their mouth. Guards, quick, he's escaping. You see, they don't want to believe. That's the thing. Many people have this in their head. I don't want to go to heaven and kiss God's big toe. I'm not going to do that. I'd rather go to hell and do that. That's their mentality. That's what they think. And so guess what? That's what they're going to get. And here we have a man in hell with five brothers that were still alive. He loved his brothers. He said, send Lazarus back. Abraham said, they've got the Bible. Let them read the Bible. Oh, you don't know my brothers. My brothers don't read the Bible. They're good men, but they don't read the Bible. And then what did Abraham say? Verse 31. He said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, in other words, if they don't read the Bible, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Supposing Lazarus did come back from the dead and knocked on their door. They'd open the door and they'd say, What do you want? Well, my name is Lazarus. I don't know if you remember me, but I used to be laid full of sores, laid at the gate of your rich brother. Nah, it's a trick. Slam. (laughs) Knock on the door. You, you still here. What do you want? Get out of here, I'll call the police. No, 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 I'm, I'm really Lazarus. I'm, I'm back from the dead. Sure you are. Slam. That's how people respond. They're not going to believe. They're not going to get right with God even if someone comes back from the dead. Why? Because God has to give us faith. Faith to be saved. And he only does that through the Bible. He doesn't do it through the miracles. If that were true, then when Jesus came to earth and did his miracles, all of Israel would have got saved. But they didn't. Only just a few got saved. Most of them rejected Jesus. They said, we will not have this man reign over us. And as a nation, they rejected him. Miracles do not bring people to saving faith in Jesus Christ. Moses and the prophets, the Bible, you read the Bible, God gives you faith, faith to see things that others don't see, hear things that others don't hear. God gives you the faith to repent of sin and to trust in Jesus Christ. Did you know that before I received Christ as my Savior on April the 6th, 1975, 48 years ago, I was reading the Bible day after day for four months. And finally, it's just like my eyes opened. When that happened, I ran to Jesus. That was on Sunday, April the 6th, 1975. That's when I got saved. People get saved because of the Bible. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. God will give you faith. Well, where do I start? Start in the Gospel of John. That's a good place to start. Psalms is also another wonderful place in the Bible. But the Gospel of John, I think, will do it quicker. God's method of getting people to heaven is still the same because people still today aren't reading the Bible. God's method is still the same. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. We read the Bible. God gives us faith so that we can repent and call upon the name of the Lord Jesus so we don't end up in hell. God does not want people going to hell. So well, how do we know that? There are some people out there that really do think that God wants people to go to hell. That God takes some kind of a line or something and divides it and says, okay, all you people, you get to go to heaven. All you people, you get to go to hell. I think I'm going to love you people and I decide I'm going to hate you people. And the people I love, I'm going to make sure you get to heaven. The people I hate, I'm going to make sure you go to hell. And you deserve it because I hate you. And that's their theological teaching. Well, that's not biblical. How do we know that God doesn't want people to go to hell? Because God tells us in the Bible. 2 Peter 3.9 says, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Also, Jesus said in Matthew 18, verse 14, Even so, it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish well, why don't more people then just read the Bible and get saved so they can go to heaven? And the answer is because they don't know about the Bible. To them, the Bible is a mysterious book. Some people, they just know nothing about it. They don't know about the Bible. Why don't they know? Because we have a real enemy, a common enemy. His name is Satan. And Satan has blinded people's eyes. And that means that They need help. And that's where we come in. If you know Christ as your Savior, you can be a guide to the blind. Blind people, people who are absolutely 100% totally blind, I don't mean nearsighted, I don't mean that they can see, you know, a fair little bit. I mean totally 100% blind, they, they need help. That's why we have seeing eye dogs. For people that are totally blind. That's why we have white canes. So that they can tap their way along and we can see. Well, that person has a white cane, dark sunglasses. They're probably blind. Maybe I can help them cross the street. Blind people need seeing people. Spiritually blind people need spiritually seeing people. Satan has blinded so many people in the world. If you know Christ as your Savior, you can see. They need you to help them. To be able to get to heaven. That's that's how God has done it. This is why Jesus told us in Matthew 16 Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Say, why does it say creature? Because there's a creator. That's why. And you and I are objects of the creator's loving fingers. That makes us creatures. We belong to the creator. Jesus here is telling us to show people what God says in the Bible and how to get to heaven. Now, it sounds simple, doesn't it? But many Christian people don't get involved. And one of the main reasons they they don't get involved is because they, they have very dull spiritual hearing. They can't hear the spiritual cries of lost people. Listen, if you could hear them, If you could hear the cries of lost people in hell, don't you think that would do something to you? We have this fictional character, Superman, and he's supposed to have super hearing so that if a little boy on a street, you know, separated from his mama and he's crying out and there's a car coming charging toward him, Superman is supposed to be able to hear and zoom in and rescue that little boy because he has super hearing. Well, that's just a super story. But there really are people crying out in desperate need. Not all of them are in hell either. A lot of them are still alive. And they're crying out for help. In their hearts, they're saying, God, if you're really there, help me. God, I don't know. Can you even hear me, God? Are you there? Are you watching? Are you listening? And in desperation, they're crying out to God. Because they're hurting and they're going through trouble and anguish and pain. And they're trying to reach out to God, and they need, they need someone who can help them. And that's where we come into play. But if our spiritual hearing is deaf or dull, see, you don't have to hear the people in hell screaming in order to realize that people need to be saved. All you need to do is listen to the broken hearts and cries of people around you. That's why we encourage you to upgrade your spiritual hearing. Someone once said that if we were suspended over the pit of hell for 10 minutes, and we could feel the heat, and we could smell the sulfur, and we could hear the cries of the lost, that we'd never be the same we'd never again question the need for the gospel. Now, there may be an element of truth in that, but listen, personally, I think there's a reason why God concealed hell. Personally, I believe that if somehow we could be held over or suspended over the pit of hell for 10 minutes, even 5 minutes, I think it would be too much for us. I think physically it would overcome us and we would die of fright and heart attack, we would die. Our heart would explode within us. If we actually got to see and hear and smell what's going on in hell this very moment, it would, it would overcome us. Physically, I think we would have a heart attack and die. We'd have a brain aneurysm and we'd die. Or if we didn't die, I think that we'd be so traumatized that we'd go out of our mind, we'd come back babbling and screaming. This, I think, is why God has concealed hell. And this is another reason why I believe these charlatans on the YouTube who say they died and went to hell and came back, they don't know what they're talking about. They haven't the foggiest inkling of a clue of what hell is really like. Like the people who claim they went to heaven and came back, they didn't do any such thing. It is far, 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 far beyond what we have imagination or words to describe. If someone from a thousand years ago got into a time machine and came and visited earth today and saw great airplanes, huge big airplanes flying and cars also almost flying past us and saw our cell phones and our big screens and our TVs, and the clothes we wear, and all of the amenities we have, and then that person went back a thousand years, and they tried to describe it to their friends. They wouldn't have a vocabulary. Oh, You wouldn't believe it. They, they have airplanes. What's an airplane? They have cell phones. What's a cell phone? They have big screen TVs. What's a big screen? No vocabulary. People who go to heaven and come back, right. Don't believe that. Don't believe this stuff, folks. Stop watching those videos. I did. (laughs) The Lord needs us to help others. But we don't have to be suspended over the pit of hell for five minutes to do that. That's why I think that it's concealed. Now, getting back to our man in hell. Have you ever wondered what... I mean, this is a real man. And he died. You ever wonder what his last words were? What could his last words have been? That's kind of a famous topic. You know, when someone dies, their last words, the last words of... And then we all tune in to watch and hear. And What were their last words? What did they say? Well, here's a man who died. What was his last words before he died? Truth is, we don't know. Some people say some crazy things and they die. History tells us the story of a renowned atheist named Voltaire. Voltaire was a wicked man, incredibly wicked. Apparently, Mozart knew of this man and thought he was a real Looney Tune. I have been in hospital rooms of people about to die, and I have seen in their eyes fear and terror. I have been to funerals and to gravesides, Of people who did not know the Lord. And I have seen the incredible grief. And anguish. And heartache. And the tears. All associated with death. For people who do not know the Lord. And Voltaire. Was a man who did not know the Lord. He was the leading atheist of his day. He died in 1778. He was one of the most aggressive antagonists to religion and God and Christianity the world has ever seen. He wrote many things to undermine the church. And he once said of Jesus Christ, he said these words, curse the wretch. Those were the words of Voltaire about Jesus. Curse the wretch. Voltaire said, in 20 years Christianity will be no more. My single hand will destroy the edifice. It took 12 apostles to raise up. Well, needless to say, Voltaire was less than successful at destroying Christianity. But on his deathbed, there was a doctor, there was a nurse. The nurse who attended him reported to have said, for all the wealth in Europe, I would not want to see another atheist die. The doctor who waited upon Voltaire at his deathbed recorded these words that Voltaire said, I am abandoned by God and man. I will give you half of what I am worth. He's talking to the doctor now. If you will give me six months of life. And then he said, I shall go to hell. And you will go with me. And then he cursed and died. But getting back to the man in hell. Does it make sense to you that this man in hell, while he was still alive... He lived his life the way he thought was right. Does that make sense to you? He ate whatever he wanted. He dressed in the finest. He lived the way he thought was right. And probably died the way he thought was right as well. But. God says in Proverbs 16.25. There is a way. That seemeth right unto a man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. Yesterday at our Soul Winners Academy, Pastor Devian talked, gave his testimony. For three years, he attended another church that never taught him the gospel, never showed him how to be saved. God brought him to our church and in a short time, he, he received the Lord as his Savior. This rich man in hell attended a synagogue, but he never heard the way of life. He never heard it. It was never taught to him. And it's just like many churches today. They'll talk about everything under the sun except this one thing. They'll leave this out. How to get to heaven. How to be saved and get to heaven. But there's another man in our story. Not just this once rich man. There's another man in our story and his name is Lazarus. And somehow Lazarus didn't end up in hell, did he? Somehow Lazarus ended up in what we know as heaven. It's called Abraham's bosom here. He didn't go to hell. He went to heaven. How would he get there? Well, according to what Abraham told the, the once rich man about Moses and the prophets, Lazarus must have read the Bible. Lazarus must have read the word of God or had it read to him. God gave him faith. Lazarus got saved. That's how Lazarus got to heaven and not into hell. I wonder what the last words of Lazarus might have been. A lot of godly Christian men and women lay on their deathbed and they say some sweet and wonderful things before they go to heaven. David Brainerd, missionary to the North American Indians, on his deathbed he said, I am almost in eternity and and I long to be there. My work is done all the world is nothing to me. Oh, to be in heaven, to praise and glorify God with his holy angels. Those are his last recorded words before he died. Augustus Toplady, who wrote the hymn Rock of Ages, he lay on his deathbed and he said these words Oh, what delights! Who can fathom the joys of heaven? What a bright sunshine has been spread around me. I have no words to express it. I know it won't be long till my Savior will come for me. All is light, 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 the brightness of his glory. Oh, come, Lord Jesus, come, come quickly. Those were his last words. D.L. Moody, one of the greatest evangelists of the 19th century, lay dying on his deathbed. And he said, if this is death, there is no valley. This is glorious. What a difference in deathbed testimonies between people who are saved and know the Lord and people who are lost and do not know the Lord. It all goes back to upgrading your spiritual hearing. Back in 1983, two Christian men named Greg and Phil, they went to a restaurant to have lunch in Nashville, Tennessee. And they went in and sat down and ordered lunch. And as they were waiting, they looked through the window and watched all these people passing by, going different ways. And these two Christian men, Greg and Phil, they watched this and they they said to each other, people need the Lord, don't they? And those words led them to writing the song with the same title. We made mention of it in our Soul Winners Academy yesterday. But here's the words, every day they pass me by. I can see it in their eyes, empty people filled with care, headed who knows where. On they go through private pain, living fear to fear. Laughter hides their silent cries. Only Jesus hears, people need the Lord. People need the Lord. At the end of broken dreams, He is the open door. People need the Lord. People need the Lord. When will we realize people need the Lord? Did you know that people need the Lord more than they need a house? Did you know that? Some people don't know that. Did you know that people need the Lord more than they need a job? Some people don't realize that. Did you know that, some, that people need the Lord more than they need a healing, a physical healing? Some people don't realize that. The man in hell, he would have thought a house, a job, a healing, more important than salvation. Because he didn't read the Bible. We must upgrade our spiritual hearing and realize that people need the Lord. How do we upgrade our spiritual healing? Well, the Bible. It goes back to the Bible. We need to be good readers of the Bible. Hey, here's an interesting thought. Why don't you start by listening to the man in hell? You remember what he said? I have five brothers. Go to my brothers. I have five brothers. There's a good place to start. To upgrade our spiritual hearing. Go to my brothers. And then why don't we listen to the voice of Jesus? Let your light therefore shine that others may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. There's the voice of Jesus. The voice of a man in hell we don't even know his name. The voice of Jesus. Of course, there's the voice of people around us. Do you know of someone who's hurting? Who doesn't know the Lord? Yesterday we started our Soul Winners Academy. And we're teaching how to how to reach people. If you're interested, there's still room for you. There's still time. You'll have to sign up today. I think we have some of those sign-up papers left. You see us after church. You can become part of it. If you'd like to. We'll help you to know what to say to help people find the Lord. Would you bow your head in prayer with me? Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.